another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. We're on week three of Request Month, and uh, we've done Cujo, we've done Death by Temptation, and this week we decided to do one we've been putting off for a little while. This is a request that came in from Carson and Francis, and we think a few other people as well over the last couple years, Uh, and the only reason that we have waited to do it so long is because, honestly, we prefer to do, if if we get a request for a sequel, we kind of want to make sure we've done, or at least both of us are really familiar with the original. And in this case, uh, we hadn't seen the original Dead Snow until, I think it was, was it last year? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Maybe it was two years ago. We saved it for the wintertime. Uh, to do Dead Snow, as a movie I had seen and Craig hadn't seen. We both pretty well enjoyed that movie. This time around, because Carson and Francis and a bunch of other people uh, originally wanted us to do Dead Snow 2, we decided we would go ahead, even though it is the uh, hot heat of summer, go ahead and cool ourselves off up in Norway with the ice. You're so witty. I swear, I just come up with this banter <laughs> off the top of my head. So this is the uh, 2014 film. It's an Icelandic Norwegian production, horror comedy, uh, by directed by Tommy Wercola. And uh, we saw the original Dead Snow. The original Dead Snow, I thought, was a lot of fun. And I mean, I remember when we did it. I think uh, you did too, right, Craig? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was amazing, but no. I, I thought it was funny. It was, it was, yeah, it was a good time. It was just a goofball movie, really, that just kind of tried to take the zombie idea to the extreme. It was a bunch of people, cabin, instead of in the woods, it's out in the mountains of Norway, of, you know, a bunch of college guys and gals who got together to have a party, and uh, it's beset by Nazi zombies yep. who are looking for their gold. <laughs> and and Dead Snow 2 picks up immediately right where that leaves off. Yeah. The end of that film, they, they basically decide that the way to get the zombies to go away is to return their gold to them that they had dug up uh, inside this cabin that they had found in a hatch underneath the floorboards and uh, it isn't until about the end of the movie that a couple of the characters realize this and so one of the guys uh, his name is Martin uh, who has by this point um, been bitten by a zombie and sawed off with a chainsaw his own arm uh, in order to keep it from infecting him runs to the gold gives the gold back to the zombie horde which is led by a general general herzog and uh runs to his car and he thinks he's going to be fine and and as he pulls out his keys a single gold piece drops and lands on the floorboards of the passenger side he looks down and goes oh shit and at that point herzog's face appears in the window and that's exactly where this movie picks up there's Mm -hmm. actually quite a nice um, recap of the first movie showing all of the gross gory moments actually from the first movie uh, and then it brings you right to this point and uh, sure enough he ends up surviving this uh, he tosses the the coin out the window um, he has a bit of a, a deal with Herzog in the car and there's a chase scene with him uh, zombies jumping on the car him going down the road finally Herzog gets um, thrown off of the car uh, and taken off by a by, yeah, a big truck, and his arm gets cut off. Yeah, I, it's funny because when we uh, did this before, I had never seen the sequel, and I it, it's been a long time, and I didn't go back and revisit that episode. But I, I think that I said, or I think that I asked you, do any of these characters come back in the sequel? And and you couldn't remember. It, I, I really right. I, I appreciated this you know it's a mixed bag sometimes in sequels you get recurring characters sometimes you don't whatever it it doesn't really matter but um i kind of liked that this was really just a direct continuation of the original story and i thought it was kind of clever the way that they did it because at the end of the first movie you know it kind of seemed like martin was gonna get killed despite all of his efforts or whatever but you didn't know for sure and it was it was kind of cool to see this quick recap which they did really quick and you know it was fun like you said all the good gory stuff and the kills and all that and then right back to where we left off this movie you know i'm not gonna say that i absolutely loved it it's a it's a good movie what i will say about it is it's like exceptionally well made like yeah. it's it, it's it's really super well made it really is. it's a big budget movie um i think it had a budget of like 35 million dollars or something like that and it shows and it, it, it's shot really well the cinematography is fantastic um 
excellent special effects. But uh, I think that what got me, you know, on board with it from the very beginning was that I already felt invested in this character. You know, I I knew what had happened in the first movie, mm. um, and and I think that they did everything that. I would have wanted them to do with the sequel. You know, yeah. they they amped up uh, the violence and the gore, whereas the first one was, you know, these six people or however many people it was in this cabin. And, you know, the first movie was very gory and, and there was lots of fun, you know, action sequences. Um, but this just, you know, broadens the world even more and, and there's a lot more at stake. And... and so they got that right, and, and they did a lot by, you know, inserting new elements into the movie, which I really liked. And, and the first thing that I thought was really clever was you had mentioned that Martin had had to cut, saw off his arm uh, for fear of becoming infected. Um, and then in this first action sequence where, you know, he's driving along and Herzog is hanging on to his car, and eventually he's able to kind of sideswipe like this big semi-truck, and, and Herzog gets you know, thrown off of his car, but not before his arm gets amputated and thrown into the floor of the, of the car. Then Martin like falls asleep at the wheel and he has a car crash or whatever, but then he wakes up in the hospital and, uh, the doctor tells him when we found you, you were hurt. Your right arm was ripped off by the elbow. Yeah. Yes. It was cold when we found you. The snow kept you cool, which was good. Do you understand? And so, we found your arm in the car. Yeah, it was a bit bruised and pale, but the operation was a success. We managed to put your arm right back on. And, and he pulls back, he pulls back the sheet, and it's the zombie arm that yeah. has been reattached to him. And it's hilarious. It's a great gag. It and so is. then it's like he's got like this evil arm that like is super powerful. And uh, initially, like he's kind of not in control of it. Like it does bad things. Like it kills the doctor and it, like beats up the cops and stuff. And um, but eventually, he kind of starts to get control of it. But it's still super powerful, and it's got these supernatural powers and things and i just thought that was a really clever addition to the mythology of the movies and i appreciated that they that they threw in some new stuff you know like it wasn't just a complete rehash of the first movie and for that i give it major major credit oh and and it's an integral part of the movie it it is it is so cool you know this whole first bit of the film owes so much to evil dead too oh god yeah (laughs) yeah the guy i don't i didn't even write down his name but the guy that plays martin especially in these first 20 30 minutes is so reminiscent of bruce campbell it's hilarious (laughs) he is it's the whole recap it's the whole fact of sawing his arm off almost even shot for shot in some moments it's almost a direct homage to evil dead 2 with the voiceover and everything you know right it's so cool and then of course in evil dead 2 we had him sawing off his hand and there's even a point in which you know his hand comes to life and causes trouble and runs around and a character all of its own and so in in a way you know this aspect of the movie really amps that up as well but it's a it's done in a comedic way you know yeah they're they're movies it's funny. Yeah, it's it's hilarious, and the whole movie is a, is a total comedy. And when you say that this movie is well made, I have to say the writing is really good too. Yeah, it is. There are moments here where I truly believe it elevates to the level of comedy that we saw in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. The wittiness of the things that the characters say and the hilariousness of the situations and the quality of the acting. And and a lot of it's intentionally cheesy. A lot of it's intentionally silly. But a lot of it could have been eye roll and not have worked if we didn't have such a talented cast behind it who's able to just pull off the comedic timing and yeah. the line delivery and and all those little bits and pieces that are necessary, you know, to 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 make something really funny, uh, and I think that the, that it worked on every level. <laughs> I really do. It, it, there wasn't a minute of this movie that I wasn't totally engaged uh, and and on board with. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's it's funny, you know. I I, I can't say that I was laughing out loud. Uh, I mean, some of the. Some of the the jokes, I don't want to say they're hit and miss because they're all pretty funny. But some of it's like, oh, hardy har, like I see what you're doing there. Mm. You know? like, yeah, <laughs> but of course. I was going, I was getting ready to say it's not stupid. I mean, it is stupid sometimes, but it's fun. You know, it, yeah, it's it's very tongue in cheek. It, it's it's entertaining. It's a fun movie to watch. Well, it it does this really cool thing of of making 
the excessive gore and violence almost like um actually i was reading a review where somebody said it's like a cathartic safety valve um (laughs) where you know just when you're kind of you're into the movie and stuff like that that these the these over-the-top gore moments are just so they're just so out there and in so many ways they're just so tasteless (laughs) (laughs) yeah and in your face that you just laugh you know you just laugh at it and it and it really um i don't know just the movie the pacing and everything i think is really well done so martin uh, wakes up of course like you said his arm goes crazy uh, and actually martin's in trouble because he's the only survivor of this whole incident and immediately the police uh, are in the room there with him in the hospital accusing him of having killed all of his friends and one of the people that he killed was his girlfriend accidentally he actually did right. kill her um, in the first one he swung around uh, thinking there was a zombie behind him and actually ended up impaling her with a pickaxe and that was a pretty tragic moment uh, in the first movie yeah. in an otherwise really hilarious and silly film and uh, that also you know that element of it becomes a big element of this movie as well and you know it's hard to know if if uh, the director you know Tommy Ricola who, who wrote and directed this along with a couple other people uh, had any of this in mind you know when they did the first movie right if they thought you know oh we're gonna you know we're gonna have to leave these elements here they'd be good for a sequel or if they just very skillfully i think plucked these elements and said we can carry this on into the second one either way it really makes the two movies feel like a cohesive oh absolutely not just where one picks up where the other leaves off but thematically and as almost one continuous story it just works yeah yeah and they, you know, we'll, we'll get into kind of what the premise is of this movie really quick, but, like, I just appreciated the fact that it does. I mean, it you could watch these movies back to back, and it would just feel like one real long movie, you know? Like, it, yeah. uh, it, 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 it literally, you know, is the next day after uh, the first movie, and it's just a continuation of the story. And I also just appreciated that um, while they did some new things, and I really loved all the new things, they stuck with what worked with the first movie, too. Um, the zombies are, are gross and scary, but, like, you know, one of the things that we found hilarious about the first movie was one of the big gags was that people's intestines were all all the time just getting pulled out, like, like you know, like scotch tape, you know? Like, <laughs> and, and they carry that over into this movie and they do it over and over again oh. and it's 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 really just kind of like a wink and a nod like yep we're still doing this it's within, still gross and funny <laughs> within the first five minutes this happens <laughs> just like, oh and it's a it's a total gag like you know the zombies will pull people's intestines out and and strangle other people with them. At, at one point, they pull some guy's intestines out and use his intestines to siphon gas for their stolen Nazi tank. Like <laughs> it's 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 just hilarious. But kind of, I guess what the the premise here is is that I, I haven't mentioned yet that not only did Martin get Herzog's arm attached to him, but the zombie field doctor also attached Martin's arm to Herzog. So it's like they (laughs) traded arms. Um, But whether he had this power in the first one and just didn't have any reason to use it or whether it's something new, but it's new to this movie. Now Herzog can reanimate any dead person to be, one of his Nazi followers. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a cool scene where he goes to uh, like a churchyard, an old uh, graveyard cemetery, and um, he punches the ground. And, and, you know, like there's just this really cool effect. All of the effects are spot on. Like they just look fantastic. Uh, And he punches the ground and like light kind of lightnings through uh, the ground and people rise up and he kills a priest and he reanimates the priest and the priest is now like one of his minions or whatever and he can do that uh and and that's really cool and he's gonna do that throughout the movie it's like he's you know increasing his ranks or whatever like building his forces and um as it turns out we find out later um that because he has the zombie arm uh martin is capable of doing the same thing in the beginning it's it's kind of you know martin is on the run from the local cops because they think that he killed his friends and not only that but he had been 
tied down, like strapped down in the hospital. And there was this hilarious scene with a kid. And that's another <laughs> thing that I love about this movie is that it doesn't pull any punches. No. Like there's this this hilarious scene where this kid pops up at the foot of the bed in Martin's hospital room where he's being guarded and he's totally strapped down. And I thought for sure that this kid was going to be like a sidekick throughout the whole movie because he was so goofy and annoying. They're wondering if I can get some more info, more than just a picture of the arm. Who? What? The zombie squad. They're wondering if I can get some more info. They're experts on zombies. They live in America. They've trained for this for years, just waiting for a zombie outbreak to happen. So they can come here? Ah. Just tell them to come here right now to get the zombies. Just their experts that can kill the zombies for us. I know. You've seen the zombies? Yeah. Because they're real, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could help me lose. Martin convinces the kid, tricks the kid into letting him go. Um, and then he's trying to get, and he's trying to get out, and he's like, "There's no way to get out." And the zombie arm just grabs the kid and th- like throws him through the barred window out onto the ground. And uh, Martin goes out there, and like the kid's unconscious or whatever, and he feels bad because this is this little kid. And he goes to like try to perform CPR, but he's got the zombie arm, so he just crushes the kid <laughs> and like starts starts pulling his guts out. And I'm like, oh yeah, it, it's th- I f- I forgot it's this kind of movie. Yeah. You know, nobody's safe. Even the cute, annoying little kid is just gonna get slaughtered here in this first 15 minutes. Oh my gosh! <clears throat> and as the movie goes on, we see like people in wheelchairs getting killed, yeah. and it's like. <laughs> infirm i mean it just doesn't even matter this movie is just gonna go to all those places they don't even care (laughs) actually it works you know it's part of the charm you know of the movie it's just going to be that funny this thing of the of the zombie squad uh, they come into play now um somehow Uh very shortly after this martin gets a phone call while he's in the car driving away from the hospital with the police close behind it's from this mysterious guy who at first is set up to sound like this hardcore like secret agent or something like that. He's the head of the zombie squad, uh, and his name is Daniel. Uh, Daniel, I'm the leader of the zombie squad. We, we tracked your location. We sent uh, you know Bobby in to you, and what's going on? How is he? Blah, blah, blah. Martin gets kind of excited because zombie squad, you guys are professionals. Oh, you're going to come out and help me. Daniel's like, don't worry, we're coming right there. Daniel hangs up the phone and swings around, and we see that he's like a kid. I think he's supposed to yeah, be he's like just a, this dorky guy. Yeah, a dorky guy in an attic uh, above his parents' house, I guess, with two nerdy girls, one of whom can't stop quoting Star Wars. Two nerdy girls, but like, you know. Take off their glasses it, and they're hot. It, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> like they're both like models. Like they're both gorgeous. But yeah, one has glasses and a ponytail, so she's a dork. And yeah. The other one, and the other one is obsessed with uh, Star Wars, so she's a nerd. And of course, you know, these two hot, hot girls would be hanging out with this dorky guy who really to be fair, is a very attractive young man as well. Of course, um, if he didn't have the Coke bottle glasses on. Right. But, it, you know, like, they're they're very serious about what they do, but they all, like, live in their parents' attics and stuff. And, like, I mean, we, we've been telling everyone for years that it's just a matter of time before the first outbreak happens. And what have we seen in return? Laughter. Ridicule. Wedgies. I don't know. It just it just works. It's so silly. It's so it, like, silly. It's goofy as hell, but it, it it's it's funny. It, it shouldn't work, but it does. Y- yeah, you're on board. It's, it's one of those things. Like you could have been rolling your eyes at this, but it just it's so funny that you're just willing to let it go. And right. and um, I think it's interesting that one of the girls uh, can't stop quoting Star Wars. That's again almost a direct homage to one of our characters from the first movie who couldn't just stop quoting movies. Remember? Right, right. Uh-huh, the big blonde guy, yeah. Yeah, and and honestly, like, what she has to say isn't really that funny for most of it, no. quite frankly. Um, it almost seems a little forced. That might be the only part of the script where I just kind of like, oh, she's about to say, may the force be with you. And sure enough, she right, says, may the right. force be with you. It's kind of <laughs> stupid. But <laughs> in any case, these three characters are a lot of fun. And uh, I think also, so this, like we said, this is a Norwegian movie, and it was actually shot uh, in two different languages. So you're able yeah. to see this in English, or you can see it in 
Norwegian, either way. And I know, you know, I know it's not like they're the first people to ever do this, but I just think that that's really ambitious. But at the same time, it makes me wonder, like, you know, I, I would almost... I would almost be willing to watch it again in Norwegian with subtitles just to see the different delivery and stuff. Because mm. you know, you know, when it comes to performance, every time you you deliver a line or a joke or whatever, it's a little bit different. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sure ultimately, you know, it's the same feel. But uh, I was just impressed that, and I guess it must have just be, been because they were successful enough internationally. Um, that uh, it was worth their while to shoot it in both languages. And I'm glad they did. And I guess all of these people... Now, the the zombie squad, I think, are all American actors. No. Um, I, no, I no, looked no. at them... No, I, they're the, not? The two girls aren't, are they? I looked at them. I thought they were... Uh, uh, let's see, we had, uh, well, Ingrid Haas and Jocelyn DeBoer. Well, they, I, I, I didn't look at them much, but I saw that they had both worked, or at least one of them had worked with Amy Schumer, and they, I think both of them, and I may be getting people mixed up, but they had worked on American TV shows like Comedy Bang Bang and, and stuff like that, so I just assumed they were American. They they played American very, I, I believed it, very believably, um, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I might be wrong, actually. I just, I just looked at those last names, and I thought, oh, you know, I mean, of course, you can be American and be Haas, you know. But um, yeah. anyway, yeah, no, you're right. And I think this element of the movie was kind of funny and maybe played even better for international audiences because they're obviously making fun of Americans in this. Yeah. You know, there's this whole notion, okay, here are the Americans. They're going to come in and save the day, right? Like yeah. Like try to do all over the world. These three nerdy people are going to go all the way across. They even make, you know, they're like, Norway, where's that? That's halfway, that's all the way across the world. And, you know, they don't even know where <laughs> right. it is. I think at one point after they get their first zombie kill or something, they're all staying there shouting, USA, USA. Yeah. <laughs> One of the characters in the background is just rolling his eyes. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it as an American, you know, it did not come across as mean-spirited at all. You no, know, like, no. it was just, it was we're laughing with you mm-hmm. american audience you know like we're 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 gently poking at you and and i i thought that it was it was funny and and well deserved cuz we are pretty lame yeah. <laughs> well, and it's also kind of like um all the Norwegian characters and all the people in Norway, they're these everyday people who are in this extraordinary circumstance and uh, you know they're trying to get out of it it's that kind of classic movie trope Whereas the American actors here are these, this like dead serious crack team, you know, coming in to like swoop in from halfway across the world and save the day, which is such an American Hollywood trope. You know, I just thought they were kind of playing those two things against each other. I mean, both tropes do also show up in Hollywood, obviously, but I just thought it was interesting because that is such an identifiably American. It's the kind of movie we make. Well, and I thought it was really funny because, like, the way that they set it up, you just think these guys are total lamos who, you know, live with their parents or whatever, and, you know, they just kind of have this zombie club or whatever. But they say, you know, they've never actually seen a zombie. They've never actually done anything real. And then, so I'm expecting them to just be, you know, kind of the comic relief, mm-hmm. you know, always getting themselves in bad situations or whatever. And But then when they actually show up in Norway... The first thing they do is they say, we need to arm ourselves. And they go to the hardware <laughs> store and buy all, like, shovels and, pick, like, axes and hammers and stuff. And when they walk out, they say, It'd be a lot easier if you could buy weapons here. I know. What the f***'s the matter with this country? It's a total jab <laughs> at America. It's funny. But as it turns out, when put in action, they're actually pretty badass. Like, yeah, <laughs> like they, they are. kick some butt with their hammers and shovels and, and stuff. Uh, and so, you know, it, at the same time that it's poking fun, they actually end up being uh, pretty heroic. That's right. Uh, and I like that. The other thing, okay, so the zombie squad tells Martin that these are not typical zombies. Um, they're not just the, you know, eat everybody in their path infect as many people as you can kind of zombies these must be cursed zombies and cursed zombies either you are like protecting something like the gold in the first movie or they're they've got some like unfinished business and they tell martin you get you know while we're on our way there we'll get there as soon as we can but you've got to figure out 
you know, what their goal is. And so he goes to a World War II museum and meets the the, the guy who is like the desk clerk at the museum <laughs> is uh, named Glenn Kenneth. And he's kind of this like gothy gay guy. And I expected him to just totally be a two second character. Like, yeah, me you know, too. A, jo- a joke at his expense because he's, you know, Femi and gothy and whatever. Um, and then he ends up sticking around for a long time. And I actually ended up like he was my favorite character. Yeah, he was a great character. <laughs> Once again, you thought that he was going to be this guy who was just going to get totally creamed, you know? Yeah, uh, just a gag. I just thought he was just going to be a gag, but uh, but no, he goes in. He actually performs some pretty important tasks. He's the one who rolls his eyes at the girls when they're shouting "USA, USA," and I was really quite <laughs> sad to see him go uh, toward the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and I was really surprised. You know, I really kind of thought he was going to make it, and he doesn't, which is too bad. Bad, but uh, he he's a fun character, and I mm-hmm. I appreciate it. You know, there's not there's not a lot of positive representation of LGBTQ people in uh, horror or in cinema. Period. And this guy, you know, like he's he's pretty stereotypical, and you know, you laugh at the stereotypical things about him. But ultimately, he's a good guy, and mm-hmm. and you're rooting for him by the end. And I was <laughs> I was really sad when. <laughs> <laughs> when he got killed at the end, I agree. But anyway, so they he at this World War II museum, uh, Martin figures out that when the Russians were killed, they were actually on this mission. Like there had been, there was some whole big story that he reads off this placard. But like uh, they were supposed to secure some German ship that they were hiding, you know, like in a Norwegian port, but then the Russian army destroyed that ship, and so then Herzog and his uh, crew killed, like, slaughtered this entire Russian army, and then they got orders from Hitler to advance on the nearest town and just slaughter everybody in the town in retaliation for having lost this ship. And so Martin realizes that that is now the mission that they are trying to complete. They're trying to make it to this town and they're going to slaughter everybody. And that also kind of leads to how Martin and his crew of losers is going to try to stop them. And there's a tour bus outside of this uh (laughs) <laughs> this museum out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's a tour bus of people unloading, and about the time Martin figures all this stuff out, he looks out the window because they hear some noise, and they see that the zombies have already uh, ad- advanced, uh, and they have uh, started slaughtering all this tour buses of people. So uh, they do this this total gag where they pose as mannequins inside the museum while Herzog comes in and takes him, him and his buddies, loot the museum for you know, antique weapons and whatever else they needed uh, to go on their way. And I guess one thing that they grab is an old antique tank that was at the museum. Yeah. <laughs> which is... It still runs. I know. You know like. It still runs. And I guess I guess the museum was holding on to a bunch of live ammunition that could be yeah. used with the tank as well. <laughs> you right. Got, you got to suspend your disbelief for this point. But anyway, after they take off, um, Martin and um, Glenn run out and see the carnage there. And this is where Martin accidentally discovers that his hand has the ability to wake up people. He just casually goes down. He's like, oh, what a terrible sight, and tries to close the eyes of one of the... Um, dead tourist zombies. It was it was the tourist that had been in the wheelchair. Yeah, <laughs> and was it a man or a woman? Was a... I think it was a man, but I was questioning myself throughout because <laughs> it was kind of an androgynous person. Well, but well, he wakes up and uh, you know, kind of like uh, as as the two of them are looking off across the car, and this guy ends up waking up behind them and just kind of. This is kind of looking around and kind of comes up behind them uh, and startles him. And he runs around. He spins around instantly. You know, his zombie arm takes this guy out immediately. Um, But then Glenn is like, did you just do that? You know, just like we saw Herzog do, you know, through the window. Uh, And he says, well, let me try it again. He gets down and sure enough, they wake this guy up again. And then at this point, they notice that he's not attacking them. He seems mm-hmm. to be like kind of under his control or his spell. And just as they kind of put all two and two together, a giant cleaver goes into this guy's head, or it's a hatchet, 
that goes into this guy's head that was thrown and they turn around and they see that the zombie squad has finally joined them and this hatchet is thrown um, by Daniel from the zombie squad. He's like, yeah, my first zombie kill. Hey, come take a picture, you know? <laughs> right. So it becomes this running gag uh, throughout it that this zombie is is sort of like their little puppy dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> they keep waking him up uh, and they put him through hell and if, if he dies or whatever, they wake him up again and uh, he's more and more brutalized as they go along. But he's jumping up beside him just like a loyal dog would you know uh helping them and out it was, throughout it. it it's kind of cute and funny and like because he even makes like little noises like he's not like <laughs> grunting and growling like the other ones but he's making kind of like little whimpering i don't want to say not not literally like puppy dog noises but just you know little kind of high-pitched sounds or whatever yeah right and uh it's cute i have to say honestly that by the end of the movie i'm like oh my god this poor guy like like you said they really do put him through hell like there's like they just take him along like he just tags along and um they split off uh the the two girls uh from the zombie squads split off with um glenn and they're supposed to try to slow down the Nazi zombies from getting to this town while Martin and Daniel and the puppy dog guy uh, go off. And Daniel said he he's done his homework and he knows all about how the Nazi zombies or before they were zombies had killed all of these Russians. And he says – and. Uh, they slaughtered them all, and they just left them there. So they are, you know, buried under the earth, under the frozen earth, preserved. So we need because uh, Martin, you've got the zombie arm. We need to go wake up them, and then they will be subservient to you, and they will want their revenge on the Nazi zombies, and that's how we'll take them out. Hence the red versus dead, you know, <laughs> dead snow two thing. But they split off, and they're like, there's, there's just some scenes of Daniel and and Martin and the puppy dog like in the car like driving for a while. And, but at one point, the car gets stuck, and they use the poor zombie guy as traction right between <laughs> his legs. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they stick him under the car, and yeah, like the the tire right between his legs, and it's not like it happens quick. Like the wheels are spinning right on his crotch, and like he's like moaning and like clearly in pain i felt so bad for this poor zombie guy i was like you guys he's your friend <laughs> and then they wake him right back up and stick him in the back seat it's so quick yeah. it's hilarious <laughs> it, it becomes you know it's funny like how the first movie was sort of a takeoff on the old cabin in the woods yeah kind of movie this movie is a war movie you know through and yeah, through yeah. it's there's this battle army is advancing and it's this ragtag group of soldiers who have to gather you know, who encounter them a few times along the way and have to gather this, uh, you know, alternative force to come up and meet them and finally do their big battle. Uh, and so it's got a lot of those elements in here as well. It's quite cool. He ends up waking up all these Russian zombies. Uh, they get there, and sure enough, you know, they're subservient to them, and they look mean. Uh, yeah. they look They look meaner than the German zombies, quite honestly, when they get up. In the meantime, the girls are with uh, Glenn, and they are supposed to do this ridiculous plan of distracting these zombies. And they they think that, they say, okay, we need somebody uh, who's nimble and light on their feet, who knows these swamps, and can um, lure the zombies out through this little swampland as they're marching across with the tank and then as and that's and that's what they do but i i just want to mention that before that they witness these zombies like roll through this rural area oh, yeah. where they are just killing everybody in their path and it's like they come across i don't know if it's supposed to be a small town or just you know kind of a small collection of houses kind of out in the rural area or whatever but like <laughs> there's just this five minute sequence where they are just slaughtering these unsuspecting people children like, <laughs> parents they run over kids in a sandbox in their tank they like they're killing old people on the toilet and uh <laughs> gosh they, there's Two pregnant women, or no, two women with uh, baby carriages that are yeah. like running, and they, <laughs> and they just shoot the like the tank arsenal at them and blow them out, you know, into the sky. Uh, it's 
It's so funny, and it's gory and gross and, and brutal, uh, and it's, it's just so fun. Hilarious. It's so yeah. much fun. <laughs> There's a woman pushing another woman away on a on a wheelchair when she realizes she can't go. The woman pushing just leaves the woman on the wheelchair, yeah. and keeps going. <laughs> the woman on the wheelchair is trying to go forward. She just falls backwards, and the zombie yeah. comes up right behind them and just stomps on her head. I mean, it's just so terrible that it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's over. The gore is. Just just over the top, like yeah. you, people's heads getting crushed, intestines getting pulled out. It's blood splattering everywhere, including on the camera lens. So, like mm-hmm. blood is like <laughs> spraying and running down the camera lens. It's, uh, it's it's great. I mean, if you if you like gore, I mean, you're you're in for a good time. So after they witness this, the girls uh, decide that they need to you know do their distracting mode, and so they have this plan, uh, and they turn to. Um, Glenn, uh, and it's like, oh, you know, it, it can't be me. And she's like, Hey, Talvik is your hometown, am I right? Yeah. You must have people you love there. Yeah, especially one ma- woman that I love. Long hair and big breasts. Whew. Do it for her. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of these, like, a kind of dated, kind of silly, cheap shot. Oh, he's, we all know he's gay, but he's going to pretend right. he's not kind of jokes. But, eh, oh, well. Yeah, th- that would be the only criticism I kind of have of this movie. But I think maybe, too, some of that's maybe some international humor that maybe gets lost. I think in America, those jokes don't really fly, even in 2014. Yeah, I... Uh, fair enough, but e- e- even I thought even I thought it was funny. You know, like <laughs> it's silly and yes, potentially a little dated, but I still got a chuckle out of it. I thought it was cute. <laughs> so, so, so he runs across the the yard. You know, and it's like. This hopeless task. I thought this guy was going to get creamed at this point. Oh, sure. We've seen that these zombies can run faster than anybody, and they take off after him, and he's just this one guy, you know, leaping and prancing through. It's just a big <laughs> <Yeah>. field. <laughs> and he just he just jumps right in front of them. Yeah, and he just jumps right in front of them and is taunting them. I think he says something like, I didn't know there was an ugly face convention in town. <laughs> 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 and then when they do start chasing him, you're right. Like he, he's not overly effeminate all the time, but like when he's running, like he's kind of got his limp wrists like in the air. <laughs> and they're right behind him. Like yeah. they could almost just reach out and grab him, and they almost do a couple of times. And oh god, but it's funny. And 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 the girls are throwing fertilizer bombs and taking out these zombies and uh it's 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 all it's all fun it's yeah good times so yeah so they do their thing and they they kind of get away and uh the zombies um train their tank finally herzog and a few men um hold back so they don't all get decimated yeah. and uh, they train their tank at, at at them and try shoot them from afar and whereas these two could blast away two women in prams from like half a mile away uh they can't seem to shoot these people you know from uh, the distance of a fo- football field <laughs> right uh and so they end up uh running away uh, from that but i guess they've accomplished their mission right slow them down and then we just get a big face off in battle. There's there's a there's a side thing going on that's almost hardly worth mentioning because it's just a big joke. Yeah, uh, and that is that the local police have been alerted to what's going on. There's a police chief, I guess, and he's pretty silly. He's total comic relief, making all kinds of quips and comments. And he has a female police officer with him who just kind of tolerates him and who's just updating him on it. And they always arrive on the scene after something's been going on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what's what's going on? There's this couple dumb jokes about seagulls and things like that. Yeah, see, and, and frankly, I wouldn't even have mentioned it because if <laughs> I had really any criticism of the movie, it would be that. Because it's it ends up being entirely unimportant. Like, yeah. they don't do anything. Like, no. <laughs> they just kind of show up every once in a while and throw out some stupid sexist jokes, and it amounts to nothing. You know, they, they end up just being in the background, kind of watching as things play out. And it, I didn't like them. No. Yeah, I, I, I felt kind of bad because uh, the, the lady, like you said, there's the, the one female cop, and she was... A, a very pretty lady and like it seemed like she was 
probably a pretty good actress, and they just didn't really give her anything to do. Like, she no. just got kind of paired up with this jackass cop guy who uh, I, I didn't really find funny at all. Like, he was just kind of stupid, and yeah. so, yeah. They're there, you know, they they fill a good ten minutes of the movie, but I... Uh, I you could have cut them entirely out, and I would have wouldn't have missed them at all. Yeah, they're just there to answer the question, like what are the police doing while all this stuff is going on? Oh, okay, the police are inept, and haha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's but, it. But you said okay, so the hours and the, the movie, excuse me, the movie is an hour and forty minutes long, and when I see that, you know, I, I like a good hour twenty, hour thirty when it comes to my horror movies, and the. You're quite 40, specific like, about that. You're like, 10 minutes over my normal hour well, and 30. Well, this I, better I, be good. Arr. I know, but I'm. But seriously, you know, a good 80, 90 minutes, I think that's usually just about right for a horror movie. And I see an hour 40 or longer, and I'm like, it better be pretty good. Um, but this one, there were probably about, I don't know, 20 minutes left, and it came down to the big showdown. And I'm like, oh, well... <laughs> if we're going to have this big showdown for the last 20 minutes, then I'm totally on board. And yeah. it paid off. You know, like uh, Martin and Daniel, I guess, somehow inexplicably head these guys off at the pass, you know, in this town that the Nazis are planning to decimate. Yeah. And Martin says something like, we've already cleared everybody out of town. And apparently that's true because we don't see any citizens around. I don't know how they manage that, but whatever. But then it's just these two armies of zombies, and they just go full-on hand-to-hand battle combat, and it goes on for a good 10-15 minutes, and it's really, really good! Yeah. And, and I read that um, some of the, or, or actually many of the people who played zombies were mixed martial arts experts, uh, and so they didn't have any difficulty with uh, doing these kind of crazy stunts and and all of this fighting and it's just so fun and it goes on for so long and it's just a huge battle and there are different things going on all over the place like my favorite i think was uh, herzog and the main soviet general they meet up and fight and and the the main russian guy is huge like he's like this <laughs> seven foot tall guy um and they go at it for a long time and you know just different people are fighting in different scenarios all over the place and it just keeps cutting back and forth and it's all action-packed and it's all gory and and brutal and and fun and oh man i was just like yeah i mean this is it's a payoff. It's it's a major payoff at the end of the movie. It is, and um, then of course the rest of the of the zombie squad team join up. There are a lot of fun little gags in here. Like uh, one of the characters almost gets uh, taken out by a zombie, but at the last minute, uh, our little sidekick zombie runs in and yeah. leaps on <laughs> leaps on him and takes him out. Uh, and uh, just just like a puppy dog, <laughs> and the guy turns and looks at him and says, "Good boy." <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, there's this point where it seems like all is lost. Daniel's in the tank and he's getting over, you know, he's inside the tank trying to fight those zombies off and, and take out the tank, but he gets overpowered. The girls are getting surrounded. Uh, the girls along Glenn's with Glenn. Glenn's already been killed. Yeah. Glenn's been Glenn killed. gets stabbed in the throat. Yeah, it's funny. He's like, you know, they're all surrounded and it looks terrible. And he's like, I'm just going to say it. I, Glenn, Kenneth, am. And then he gets stabbed right through the throat. <laughs> 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 like he had to come out before he died, <laughs> right? So oh, funny. but God, I and and it came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming, and I really mm. thought that he would make it. And I, I really was, yeah. Sad. I mean, it's not like I shed a tear or anything, but I was like, oh man, I like the Glenn. guy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and guy. what's going to happen to his two kittens? <laughs> <laughs> Because right. uh, when, when Martin first found him, he's like, please don't hurt me. I have two kittens. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. It's so great. <laughs> Carry well, on. No, that's fine. They've um, The Russian guy gets um, killed, finally, by Herzog. And they notice that then all the ru- other Russian soldiers are totally weakened at that point, and they're taken out easily. They fall. And so that's when they put two and two together, that in order for them to live, they're going to have to take out Herzog. And once they take out Herzog, you know, then the rest of the zombies under Herzog's command or whatever are just going to die. That's when they focus on uh, getting on killing Herzog. And it's basically Martin. Martin runs up to him. 
He's like shows him his arm. You want this back, kind of thing, you know. And uh, and he and Martin battle, and it is an epic battle. Like they yeah. they end up in a house, <laughs> and because Martin has the super powered arm and Herzog is a super powered guy, they're like literally like throwing each other through the walls from room to room in this house. Uh, and it is a fantastic battle sequence. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I, I like it when they, you know, when they first like come face to face um and martin says to him don't you just hate it when someone who's supposed to be dead come back to kill you like <laughs> uh just there are so many good little one liners good little jokes uh, but yeah that that fight is great and like uh, like you said, they're throwing them, each other through walls and stuff, and at one point, Herzog grabs Martin by the head and puts his face down on a hot burner on the stove. Like, it's it's brutal. But eventually, you know, again, in this moment where everything culminates and it seems like everything is lost, the tank um, comes busting through, and it's it's just running willy-nilly, like nobody's at the helm or anything, and it, it comes... Uh, busting through the house, and uh, both uh, Martin and Herzog end up on it, and so then they're continuing their fight on there, and then that kind of leads up to the final showdown, which uh, I was really pleased with. You know, I, I was really pleased with the way it went down. Yeah, Martin gets tossed onto a car, and the tank comes to a screeching halt, and Herzog is standing over Martin and approaching him. But at this point, inside the tank, Daniel uh, has gained control, and uh, the two zombies in there are dead. And so, unbeknownst to Herzog, uh, he spins the, the turret of the tank around right behind Herzog's head. And Martin has a funny line here. He's got like a whole monologue about, yeah. you know, he says, uh, why didn't you just stay on the mountain? It's because you got greedy, isn't it? And he, he says, you know, that's, that's I, I liked it. You know, it's, it's really <laughs> clever. You know, he's like, that's why you lost the war. And he says, you knew that, right? You lost. <laughs> you guys <laughs> lost. And it's because you got greedy. And then he says, and you're about to lose again. <laughs> <laughs> and then Daniel uh, blows Herzog's head off. I mean, like, it's point blank. Like, this huge tank gun um, right behind Herzog, and he blows his head off. And uh, then, just as they had anticipated, all of the uh, Nazi zombies fall down dead, and they won. Yeah. And um, Martin survived. He looks terrible, but he, he survived, and... You know, he's, like, spitting up blood and stuff. And Daniel, at one point, had been stabbed, but he's okay, and the girls are okay, and they kind of have a little moment where they acknowledge that Glenn didn't make it, and they're sad. And I don't know who says it first, but Martin and the zombie squad say to each other, it's really been an honor to fight zombies with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then they just kind of go their own way. It's just, <laughs> it's just classic war movie, you know? It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, and they leave, and then you think the movie's about over, but Martin's got one last task to do. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this this part, I mean, I, I appreciate it. I, I think that it's clever, but oh, it's, it's clever. also gross. <laughs> it's gross, it's hard to watch, but it does answer the question, if you had an arm that could raise the dead again, what would you do with it? And of course... And I knew... I knew what was going to happen because it shows Martin driving and in the background the song that's playing is Total Eclipse of the Heart. Mm-hmm. And that was from the first movie, right? Like, wasn't that like his girlfriend's favorite song? Oh, you're I'm, right. I'm pretty sure. That. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. So anyway, you say it because it's kind of gross. I might oh, do I don't want to say it. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he drives to church. He finds his girlfriend's grave. He digs her up. Um wakes her to life and of course she's a gross zombie but then they start making out and it culminates in them actually like <laughs> screwing in the back of a truck yeah. oh. complete with the whole like titanic hand on the steamy oh, window God, you know like, so and, like it, whatever is going on in there like <laughs> i yeah th- they're banging but there's, it could it could be that they were like like she was eating him like <laughs> it it sounds very exciting and and rough and <laughs> yeah and there's lots of noises and then uh, you see the pet zombie approaching like he's found his master and he's like oh so <laughs> but so gross like oh. 
I told uh, yeah, like you're right. Yes, you know, if you had the power to reanimate dead people, surely it would cross your mind, but it's disgusting. Not and, in and this when, way. <laughs> no, and and when like he opens it up and she's gross, like she's all decomposed and like she's one of the nastier zombies that you see in the whole yeah. movie and then they start making out gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did you did you stay for the end of the credits? I did. I figured there would this this is the type of movie that you just figure that there will be a post credit scene. So uh, I I scrolled through my browser and saw that there was going to be one, <laughs> and I saw that there was. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a simple deal where the Nazi zombie uh, doctor, the Nazi doctor zombie, is in the woods and he picks up Herzog's head, uh, which should be in a million pieces, but. We're supposed to right. believe just blown across the, the the countryside, and as he picks up the his head, uh, the thing's eyes open. So you know, leaving it open for a sequel that hasn't been announced, and I don't know, four years later may not happen. Probably not. And and you know, it's like just whatever. Well. It's yeah. It's a goofy. It's a goofy zombie horror movie, and so I'm not gonna pick nits, but like. The, it really doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> if all of the other Nazi zombies fell over dead when Herzog got killed, why didn't the field doctor Nazi zombie fall over dead? Yeah. Or if he wasn't really dead, why did any of them fall, fall over? Dead? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's stupid, but whatever, you know. Like, great, leave it open for a sequel. And in fact, if they made Dead Snow three, I'd probably watch it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> It'd have to be pretty Why darn not? good, though. I mean, this is a good one. Yeah. I mean, this is a not d- disappointing sequel at all. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. Oh, I would say that this might be one of those few examples where the sequel probably is better than the first movie. Now, I oh, really sure. liked the first movie, but it was kind of limited in scope, and this one just really opens it up to a whole another level of opportunities yeah um and and the first one was funny and the first one was gory and gross and i really liked it and i thought it was really good i thought it was worthy of a sequel and and i think that this sequel is at least as good as the first one if not better than the first. oh it's better i mean it's not as derivative of course being derivative was kind of the whole point of the original is more of an homage really but you know this one was just way more original yeah, I thought because yeah. it had that it had that luxury of you know really being able to take it in whatever direction it wanted, and uh, right. I thought it, v- it very much succeeded in that. I'm really disappointed, honestly, to see that Tommy Ricola doesn't seem to be doing a whole lot right now. He's got something, some new project that was announced called Hansel and Gretel: Witch Hunters Two, which doesn't sound. Mm. I didn't even know there was a Witch Hunters One. Uh, you know, and ever, aside from that, he's in pre-production on a movie called War Pigs. I don't know. We'll be interested to see what that's like. But at any rate, uh, what a fun movie. What a really fun movie. And I'm glad we didn't wait until um, the winter time, which we would normally do. Yeah, me do. too. Yeah. Yeah, good good, good suggestion, those folks who uh, recommended this one. I, I get it. I, I see now why we had several requests for this one. It makes sense. It was a fun one to watch. It was a fun one to talk about. Well, thanks again for joining us for another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find our website, twoguys.red40net.com. Leave us a comment there. Give us more requests. We have at least uh, one more request coming up this uh, for request month. And, of course, we do requests throughout the year. If you go to our website also, you can also find uh, occasional written reviews of films as well as our entire back catalog. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw. Ah!